for her faith, um, they're told about how much she loved listening to people expand the scriptures. And Billy Graham apparently was one of her favorite preachers, speakers. And, and, and I'm one of yours. And, yeah, and you are one of mine, <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think it's important um, um, to have people that expand the word of God and, and, and teach us the word of God. And, and Charles is going to do that with us with grace and with God's anointing. And I, I really pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and um, speak under his, his anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll get my collar sorted. All right. Okay. <laughs> and your hair. And my hair. That's it. There you go. Lovely. Wow, what a morning it's been. What a morning it's been. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. And um, we've still got a lovely lunch ahead of us prepared by an amazing team. Um, so it's soon. Lunch is soon, okay? We're going to do some more eating right now in this bit. But I hope you've all had a really lovely summer. Did anybody get to go on holiday? Put your hand up if you got to go on holiday. I know there's some other people that are going on holiday soon. Um, who enjoyed the summer house meals that we had? Some summer house meals? Yeah, they were great. Um, I heard lots of amazing different meals that were had. Um, we've had birthday parties. We've had a wedding this summer. Uh, what else have we had? We've had leaders' days. Yay! <laughs> we've had festivals. We've had days out together. If you ever want a fun day out, you need to talk to the Wilsons. That's what, I, that's what I've heard. They know all the good places to go and visit. And um, Eddie and Joyce have made the most of that this summer, I think. Um, so rest is good, isn't it? It's good to have rest. It's good to have time with family, with friends. Um, and we rejoice in all that the summer has brought us. I'm so thankful for this community that's full of fun, that's full of friendship, celebration and love. And now it's September, the start of a new school year for so many, um, the start of a season of prayer for us as a community. Um, the clocks will change soon. Who's noticed the nights coming? You know, oh, it was weird driving in the dark the other day. It's like eight o'clock. Um, the, the weather will start to cool. I think we're all a bit grateful for that cooling of the weather. Um, we'll be, some of us will be leaving in the morning in the dark and getting home in the dark in the evenings. Remember those days? Um, so much of this is a familiar change of seasons. It's, warm, it's, it's warming and it's comforting. I know the Johnny girls are looking forward to putting on jumpers and already are talking about Christmas. Um, but also let's recognise the moment that we are in as, um, as church and as a wider commun community and society. We recognise that this is a moment of high pressure and worry for so many. We collectively mourn the loss of the Queen um, who spanned generations from post-war Britain to the Cold War right to the present day. We have a new prime minister within a backdrop of controversy. There's talk of recession, soaring interest rates, energy, fuel, food bills rising. We have um, the NHS that's under enormous strain and other state services. It doesn't really make for happy reading or listening, does it? And for us in the church, there are some people I know that are facing financial strain. There's poor health. There's family pressures. Life isn't always easy. 
And we're forced sometimes to prioritise between family commitments, church commitments, work commitments, financial commitments, and the joy of life can feel squeezed. It's a juggle and we don't always get it right. Confession. I don't always get it right, Christy, do I? Almost always. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> but I just want to, I want to share three, kind of three main points to today. One, we can endure. Two, there is a battle for your heart. Three, be shamelessly audacious. Let's be shamelessly audacious. Paul, a follower of Jesus, um, that knew quite a lot about endurance, and he also knew a lot about suffering. He said this to the church. He said, we have this treasure in jars of clay. The treasure is knowing Jesus and living for him. To show that this all-surpassing power from God is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus might also be revealed in our body. For we are all alive we who are all alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our immortal body. So then the death is at work in us, but also life is at work in you. We can endure because we have treasure. And what is this treasure that Paul is referring to? It's the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We sang that quite a bit today about the face of Jesus. He's, he's looking for you. The face of Jesus, that makes the world stop. That brings everything that I've just spoken about into a sharper focus. The treasure we have is to know God and to see the face of Jesus. He changes everything. But how? Because of who Jesus is and what he has done, what he is doing in our midst and what he will do. We believe that Jesus has the power to save and not just save us from ourselves, but save the world. He is hope incarnate, love eternal, life everlasting. In all, the, all that we face in moments like this season, we can endure. Not only that, that we can have peace, hope, courage, that we can experience life in all its fullness. All because we know the knowledge of God presented to us in the personal face of Jesus. He gives life meaning, suffering context. He makes this all worth it. He is our greatest prize, the only true pursuit of our lives. Joyce was saying um, we get to work a lot with young people and some of them um, face real horrid, horrible situations. And I can sit with young people that have considered a world where they don't exist. These, these young people are as young as 11 years old, but there's many, many, many that are younger than that. Children with their beautiful lives stretching ahead of them. And yet they are so consumed by worry, oppressive thoughts, trapped. They have lost all meaning and it breaks my heart to sit with them I sat with um, children this week that are just yeah in that place of like I just I wish I didn't exist without Jesus we are lost 
With Jesus, we are found. He gives us our true sense of identity and he whispers purpose deep within us, even in the most difficult of circumstances. This season of Five by Five, I am looking forward to seeing and knowing the face of Jesus together. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need these rhythms these seasons to refocus, to reframe and refresh that image, to stop the rush, to take the time, to pause and to be. to be. Paul knows that this life is one of being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. His answer to how we can endure, endure carrying the knowledge of God's glory presented in the living, loving, holy face of Jesus. If you're feeling overwhelmed today, if you're feeling pressed or struck down, then there is fresh hope available for you. There is an invitation to receive something far more precious and more uh, meaningful than anything or anyone in this world can offer. Pete Gregg, who's the leader of 24-7 Prayer, um, said this that, uh, about the queen at her coronation, and she knew something about the treasure of Jesus. At her coronation, the queen was presented with a Bible. As these extraordinary words rang out in Westminster Abbey and around the world, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that the world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. She was wearing a priceless crown adorned with 2,901 precious stones. She was sitting upon a throne in a thousand-year-old vaulted, vaulted abbey. And yet God's word was recognized as the most valuable thing that this world offers. The Bible tells us that the word was with God and the word was God. And in the message we read that the word became flesh and blood through Jesus. And yet... There is a battle for your heart, even today. In these times where you can recognise our ability to get hugely distracted and consumed with other things other than Jesus. Distracted by the busyness of life, the demands of life, the desires that in the end really are just fleeting. We let news narratives, human narratives be the story and the direction of our lives. John Tyson would say this, the primary war in your life is the war for the allegiance of your heart. My challenge for us as a community today is, where is your heart at? Where is your allegiance today? The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is searching for hearts that are fully committed to him. And what does he do with those hearts? He strengthens them. He upholds them. He shows himself strong to them. I couldn't think of a better time for us to enter five weeks of prayer than, than now. In these times of strain, in these times of stretch and pressure, it's often easy to push God aside. But there is an invitation this morning and in this season to be strengthened, to be upheld, for God to show himself strong to us. 
that could mean all manner of incredible and beautiful things. The psalmist says this about our hearts. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. There is not only strength available here today, there is blessing. And we sang that song, didn't we? He is for you, the blessing of God. We receive the blessing of God when we reset our heart's trajectory towards him. I'm not talking about prosperity blessing. I'm talking about having that deep, that calls out to deep blessing of God that enables us to endure, that enables us to be steadfast and have an anchor. The Valley of Bacar um, was one of the valleys that you would journey towards before you got to Jerusalem, towards the temple, towards worship, towards prayer, towards the presence of God. Bacar means weeping. This was known as a valley that was barren and deserted, one that where was weeping in. Maybe this is kind of where you feel like you're at, dry and deserted. There's times of weeping, but there is a promise. Those whose hearts are set on worship, prayer and pilgrimage towards the presence of God also experience the blessing But not only that, they make their surroundings transformed, a place of springs, a place of life. In our journeying towards God, he not only transforms us, but the places around us, dry places becoming springs. It would be easy right now to say, I'm too busy, I'm too stressed, I'm too overwhelmed, my head's too full. But I believe that there is a fresh invitation this morning, this this season, to encounter God, to be renewed, to be refreshed to be transformed personally, collectively, and in so doing, the places and people around us transformed too. I wholeheartedly believe that God has a different narrative for us in this season, different to the one that we might read on the news, different to the one that you might be having in the canteens at your workplaces. As we realign our hearts, our minds, and our lives upon the person of Jesus, there will be transformation. So firstly, what would I say that God desires in this moment of us? He desires your heart, all of it, to be devoted, fully reliant and dependent upon him. And that's not an easy ask. When Christy and I first got together, um, we had this moment where we knew that if we carried on, that there'd be no going back. I had his heart, he had my heart. And we knew that this made us completely vulnerable to each other. God has given everything for us. He's not hold back. He doesn't hold back. He makes himself vulnerable to us this morning. He's given you all of his devotion, all of his care, all of his love, all of his life. I love that song. It's an old one now. I surrender. I'm giving you my heart and all that is within I lay it all down for the sake of you, my King. Nothing less, nothing more than Jesus. Is there anything that has taken root in your heart? It's, it, perhaps it's worry. Perhaps it's a desire for earthly security. Perhaps it's the all-consuming nature of work and life and the stresses of the day. There's no condemnation here, but there is an opportunity to say, all the world holds dear, I count it all as loss for the sake of knowing you, Jesus. 
I feel that we have an opportunity this morning to realign our hearts, to reset the direction of this season, to lift our heads up above what we're experiencing towards Jesus. We sung a song so many times, there's really no greater thing than knowing him. Jesus writing to the church in Revelation, he said this, you have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. He's saying to the church, guys, you have done so diligently. You have worked so well. You have endured. But in all that you're doing, you've forgotten your first love, me. Oh, that this season would awaken in us our first love for Jesus, that we would be a first love people. If you spent any time with uh, Gemma or James recently, you will get to uh, observe what a first love might look like. They're going very red in the background. Everyone look, no, joking, no. <laughs> they're married in the summer. Um, and it doesn't, it's, uh, Joyce has said, oh, they're just so in love. And we know it's just so nice to see that. But that we would have that. Those of us that have been, you know, following Jesus for a long time, those of us that are just starting out on that journey, that, that, we, that we can experience <laughs> the love of God. I'm getting daggers from the back, daggers. So as we enter this, this season of five by five, as you're here, maybe even for the first time, I want to lay down a challenge um, of, of how you're going to respond in this season. We are busy. Life is heavy. There is stuff going on, but there's an invitation to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to make a commitment in my evenings when I'm really tired to put you first, to experience your, your blessing and your strengthening. And what about the transformation that we could see? The valleys becoming springs. How desperate are we to see change around us, in us and through us? Could this five by five be a catalyst of answers to prayer, transformation in people and places and problems as we seek the face of Jesus? And thirdly, let this be a time of shameless audacity. In Luke 11, Jesus tells this really funny story of two friends. Um, and I can, I just, when I read it, I could just imagine Jesus, um, Jesus, Christy being the one that was asleep. So there was two friends and um, one of the friends had run out of bread and he had uh, a guest staying with him and he wanted to provide uh, bread for his guest before his guest left um, to go on a trip. So he was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to go to my friend and see if there's any bread in his house. It's the middle of the night. Everyone's asleep, but I, I, we're friends. It'll be okay. So now imagine Christy's asleep in bed. And someone's knocking at his door <laughs> and says, oh, do you mind um, if I could have some of your bread, please? What might Christie's reaction be in that moment? He probably won't even answer you, to be honest. He actually even might send me out of bed to go <laughs> and get it. It bodes well for when we've got a screaming baby between us. Um, but this friend responds in, in a bit of frustration. What are you doing? My children are asleep. Um, we're asleep. It's the middle of the night. I've locked up everything. But because this guy was so shamelessly audacious in asking, he's like, I guess he really needs the bread. So he throws the bread out to him and they have bread for the trip. Why does Jesus tell this story? Because he's inviting us to be audacious, to be shameless in our asking and petitioning of him. I believe God wants to answer our prayers in this season. I believe God wants to reframe this moment. 
like the friends who took their disabled uh, friend to be healed by Jesus. They saw that there was a crowd that they couldn't get close. So they said, I know what we'll do. We're going to rip open the ceiling and lower our friend before Jesus. Don't care what anybody else says, but this, we want our friend to be healed. I believe that doors that have been closed, ceilings that have been over us, that we can push through them in this season and we can see answers to prayer because God is here, because we are seeking the face of Jesus. Paul knew about suffering, but he also knew about the power of resurrection through suffering. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. And that is the power that brings transformation, breakthrough, the miraculous. So let's not be shy in our requests. Let's not hold back. Instead, let's be shamelessly audacious. I've already heard this summer of people's incredible answers to prayer. If you speak to Yimki, we all know that um, Jess has been going through her daughter, her firstborn daughter, and uh, Yimki and Dan, part of our, our church family. Her daughter's had um, a lump on her hip, and we, we were praying for this time. And she, uh, she will tell her story fully when we're next together. But one of the things she said is, I just feel incredibly grateful because God is here and God is answering our prayers. One of the things was that they were looking to get Jess to be seen by a private healthcare and they were, haven't got the money so they were asking, you know, is, is, is anybody able to give to that? She went to her employer and her employer said, I'm going to put Jess and in fact not just Jess, your whole family on our private healthcare and this will be covered. Your, your healthcare will be covered. That was something that was, I mean, Yimki felt shamelessly audacious in asking that of her employer. She's only been there for a couple of months. But the employer also has um, a daughter that's been unwell and said, you know what, this is, this is, this is what we need to do. And in fact, you found out that the only people that normally get that type of level of support are those in high managerial positions. Yimki's not in that position. She's just gone back to work after, her, uh, after having her kids. Shamelessly audacious. Shamelessly audacious. So let's not waste a second. If you want to meet this Jesus for the first time, for the hundredth time, we're going to respond. But let's not waste a second in seeking the face of Jesus. If you, if you, yeah, I just, if everyone could stand. The blessing of God is available for us this morning. Those who set their hearts towards Jesus are strengthened, are blessed. That they experience transformation and the places around them can experience that transformation. So in your heart, I just, even today, if there's things that you want to be shamelessly audacious in asking, if you don't know God and you just want to usher them quietly, there's things in my life that don't quite seem right, but I'm going to dare to ask this of a God that I don't know and I don't know exists. Let's be shameless in our, in our requests. For those of us that have been Christians for a long time, Let's not stop asking. Let's not stop believing. You know, it's a song, isn't it? <laughs> Phil um, shared about having the faith to receive it, even if we don't quite um, believe it. Then let's have the faith and let's have that faith rise up. Amen.